0: It was me being vocal about that I was in recovery and sharing that to hopefully help other people ask for help like I did. And and the opportunity was presented to me. I'm a man of faith, so I believe that it was God's way of saying to me, okay, you've been through these trials and tribulations, now go help someone with it.
1: You're listening to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And in today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Jason LeChance. He was actually born in the Bay Area, but actually moved in 2004 to the 209 uh, for work. And he spent quite some time working in the radio industry. He worked as an operations manager at Radio Merced. So we'll be hearing more about his time there. And of course, just in general, uh, his uh, radio experience. He currently actually hosts two podcasts. It's always great to be able to connect with other podcasters here in the 209. And I've actually interviewed a few other ones here in the podcast. You can go back and look at the library. I've had podcast hosts and producers. So definitely check their episodes out as well. So we'll be hearing more about how his uh, two podcasts got started. First one being the Knocking Doors Down podcast. And then the Don't Hide the Scars podcast as well. And before I introduce my guest tonight, I want to remind everyone, if you haven't followed the social media pages for The 209 Journey, I invite you to do so. You can find it at The 209 Journey on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly Twitter. I am actually a little more active on Instagram, and if you go right now and check it out, it'll likely be higher than the follower count that I have right now. But as of now, we have 466 followers on Instagram and my goal is to get to a 1,000 followers by the end of the year, and I think I'll get there. Actually, in fact, I think I'm going to go beyond that. That's kind of my, my mindset now. Is uh, That's the goal I have, but I think once I get to that goal and it'll happen th- way before the end of the year, I'll have a new goal in mind, which might be more around the range of like 1,500 next. But thank you so much to everyone who has followed the page. It's really awesome to see the support that I've been getting on the posts and the comments that people leave and all that, that helps out so much. I mean, it helps make sure that we get more people finding out about the podcast. So again, thank you for all your support there on Instagram and on Facebook as well. I've been seeing a few more followers come through there too. And two different platforms there, whatever is your favorite, you can actually follow them find out when any episodes get posted. And also, I'm going to be sharing any places that I go to in the 209 whenever there's events going on so y'all could see what there is here. Whether you're from here or have never been to a 209, I want y'all to get a better idea of what there is to do around all the different cities, towns that we have here in the area. So on the podcast tonight, my interview is with Jason LeChance. He is actually a podcast host, radio producer that has been around the 209 for around 20 years. So at at this point, too, he moved here in 2004. So it'll be interesting to hear more about his journey here. He did move to actually work and he actually he did move to actually he did move actually for work. And he actually spent some time there with the Radio Merced. So we'll be hearing a little bit more about that time about how the two podcasts he hosts right now got started, one of them being the Knocking Doors Down podcast and also the Don't Hide the Scars podcast. So welcome to the night Journey, Jason. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, Luis. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, too. Like, uh, I was telling you offline, I really appreciate when other podcasters are, like, hopping in on a podcast as well. I know you (laughs) you get busy (laughs) enough recording podcasts that it's like, oh, now there's another one. (laughs) Well, now you're uh, on the other side, right? But it's really awesome to be able to talk to someone else in the 209 who also has not just one but two podcasts, right? Because <laughs> yeah, uh, I know how that goes.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I have I have four, but I only sent you you two of them, or I'm I'm on three and I produce a fourth one. Uh, but no, I love doing this. This is actually my third uh, guest recording today, and I did record one uh, an episode from my podcast, so. I've been all in this recording mode today and, you know, no, it's always good to connect with other people. I, I love the medium and anyone trying to get anything that they're passionate about or it brings value to people, you know, out there. So thanks for reaching out.
1: Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I know how that goes. Yeah. You keep going with the numbers and <laughs> before you know it, you got a lot of podcasts and yesterday I just recorded two shows today. I'm recording another one after yours. Tomorrow I'm recording three. So this, I know exactly what you're going
0: through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did. did. That's uh, one of those big misconceptions about podcasting is that it's really easy. No, you got to be really passionate about this thing. Otherwise you're going to quit pretty quick and got to have a really good reason why you want to do it.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You got to have that. And you got to also have the patience to do the editing, to do... The promotion like yeah there's there's a lot of moving components right and when you do it all it's a lot of work definitely worth it every single day yes sir well i want to hear your story and your literal journey to 209 i know you were born in the bay area but you were telling me that you moved over here in 2004 so tell me where'd you move to and what was the reason for moving over here
0: Yeah, well, technically I was born in Salinas, California. So right next to a lettuce field, that's, that's really where I grew up in a little town called Aromas right near Watsonville, California. So it's sit right between Santa Cruz and Monterey, but, and I grew up in a much more rural situation. So the move here wasn't too much, but what was going on, I, I went to CSUMB, Cal State University Monterey Bay and majored in film and television. And I was working in the radio at, in radio at the time I had gotten a job, was literally out at a club. My friend's band had trouble setting up. I started telling some jokes. A guy comes up to me and goes, do you want to work in radio? I said, do you want to buy me another drink? And, uh, we became fast friends. And then I, you know, I think I interned. Gosh, it was almost a year. And I was a kid that when I grew up, I grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't any of my friends around for for miles, and I mean a good 10 miles or so. So radio was kind of a friend along with, you know, movies and and as an outlet. And so I was always interested in radio. I just never knew how to get into it. You know, an avid music fan and that of, of personalities on the radio, you know, people like the Howard Stearns and... And stuff like that, or when I was a kid, there was a Doctor Demento, or my dad had a, a tapes of Wolfman Jack, a very famous DJ. If you ever see George Lucas's film Graffiti, American Graffiti, he's in that. So, so it was just kind of a chance situation. Well, when I was going to graduate, the boss there in Monterey goes, "Well, he's a Texas guy. Well, kid, you can have a full time job here, living well below the poverty level, or if you go on out to Merced." I think you'll be able to get by. So, I mean, another friend came out to uh, Merced and, and toured the radio stations, Radio Merced, and and then they presented what they'd be paying us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're telling me I can work one job, pay all my bills, pay on these student loans, and try to get ahead. Sure, I'm in. So you know, so anyways, that was pretty much how it went, and I, I did... Morning radio on what then was two five The Bear for, I think it was two and a half years. And our morning show really took off. So back in 2004, radio was a different thing than it is now. And we had insane ratings where it literally, according to the ratings, told us that one in four men in the area listened to us every morning. Didn't matter what language you spoke first, Spanish, English, Punjabi, whatever it is. They, they listen to us. And so, yeah, it kind of took off from there. Well, hey, it's true. It's
1: cheaper to live here than, than <laughs> oh, over there. So uh, I'm glad oh, the, Luis, yeah,
0: yeah. no. They were offering me $20,000 a year to live in Monterey. I literally would have been at poverty level. And radio expects a lot. They expect you to work full time, even though they give you whatever the pay. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to be living in poverty. Like, you know, I mean, I remember asking friends, like, have you ever applied for food stamps? I think I would qualify. And then, you know, got presented about twice that amount. And it was like, oh my gosh, yes. I'm, hey, family, I'm moving to Merced.
1: Well, that's crazy considering that, like, you would think that they would realize, like, look at where people are living at, right? It's the Bay Area. Like, it's a lot more expensive over here. Like, well, yeah, radio's cheap. They always have been, always will be. Especially being that, like you said, those years radio was a lot different, of course, than it is now too. Like, or maybe, yeah, I guess they were, they were being really cheap, cheaper than.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's what brought me here. And I worked in radio for a total of 20 years, about 17 of it was with Radio Merced, which I left almost five years ago or four years ago four years ago now so yeah wow
1: well that's a pretty good career <laughs> so yeah and all that natural transition of uh, recording podcasts i'm sure i mean I've i've heard your story being told by other people who also left right and were like i still want to do this and i'm glad that there was still an avenue to be able to still do what you used to do but now I guess more amplified, right? Since you can actually reach the entire world versus just your uh, given area where your yeah. broadcast is at. Absolutely. Well, I want to know a little bit more about where your interest in being in the radio came from. Like, you tell me more about like what was that moment in your life where you realized like I'm interested in either radio or even just like just multimedia in general.
0: Oh, I would say it started very young. I mean, really the most influential things on me in my childhood were that I can recollect other than family members and friends was would be George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and having Star Wars and Jaws. And so, again, a kid that grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere. My father owned a trucking company, hardworking. My mom was a travel agent. So there's often times where I was kind of a kid that was I got to explore my curiosity and creativity a lot. And I just always loved film and television and the radio. You know, I remember waking up with my mom and there was on, uh, it was uh, San Jose's KWSS and their morning show, Kelly and Klein. And we would sit and listen and I'd listen to these morning show guys. And I, even as a kid, I could see a vivid picture of, you know, my goodness, what does the studio look like? What do they look like? later meeting one of them and they looked nothing like what i expected but that's what most people used to say before (laughs) you know what the internet's become especially with social media and and so for me it was always really fascinating you know like oh my god you know before i got educated and worked in it like wow this dj picks all of my favorite stuff i love listening during the middle of the day because i never hear the same songs and not realizing that's a pretty solid strategy to keep people listening longer. And, you know, there's a, there's a mathematics to it and all these different things that I later learned throughout my career. So it was, it was, multimedia was always very fascinating to me. Even a kid that loved to watch the local news, you know, I was kind of an unusual kid that way. And <laughs> and when I would hear, you know, TV commercials and, you know, you know. Hella or Frosted Flakes, they're great. And trying to do all the different voices and all these things. So, you know, that that creative area was always intriguing to me. Well, yeah, that's really interesting being able to <laughs> listen
1: to the the news. I, I was one of those kids too, right? Watching the TV station wondering how they put the weather in the screen, right? How, yeah. like, the green screen magic, right? Before, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. you about green screen, it's like, how did they do that? And then when you found yeah. out, it's like, yeah, okay, it's not too complicated. You just need to have the right lighting. And <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> I I,
0: or I interned for uh, KSBW, which was the uh, NBC station out of Salinas, California, when I was in college. And you know you always have a big picture like oh this studio must be huge and you don't realize actually how small it is and the angles and the way they use the cameras make it look different than it actually is and and so that all just always was fascinating too you know creating that whole overall visual for for people and it's it's if you ever get an opportunity to watch a news broadcast sitting in the studio it's a really fascinating process
1: yeah i've gotten the chance to see like a Television studio, but like a college one, I should say, not really a a a mainstream one quite yet. But it is in my bucket list. someday I gotta tour a TV station or maybe if there's a radio station out there that yeah (laughs) is still you know operating, then maybe there. But you know it'll happen sometime because I I really want to see how that looks like and not just see it through video. Right? We've been seeing it through video or seeing pictures and all that. It'd be great to also. See that, and and see their uh, camera magically. You said, <laughs> see how they make that happen. I want to move back to your move to Merced, working at Radio Merced. I know you told me briefly, kind of how it was where you were at. So I almost imagine that it wasn't really like a crazy transition, right, moving from where you were living at, considering that you had fields, and I know that area. It it is. There's a lot of ag going on right there, right. So like how was it for you was it like you felt like you were still at home or were there some changes that were different than from where you were at i would
0: say the biggest thing was especially when the morning show started taking off i never had a point in my life where if i went out somewhere somebody was like hey and so that that was pretty weird which you know it kind of plays into my overall arcing story depending on how deep we go with what i'm doing now but You know, you got to a point where you you didn't buy a drink when you went out, you know, somebody was offering you to or, you know, the ego thing of a very nice looking lady comes up and says hi. So it was it was, you know, Merced being a much smaller area in that regard, you know, Monterey pretty spread out and in the area I grew up in Aromas, I mean. It's it's a one-school town, you know, had one sort of two convenience grocery store type places and one r- main restaurant and then a sandwich shop that lasted about a decade. But that was it. I mean, it really wasn't, you know, there was, there was certain like annual gatherings that would happen and people in the community would come together or, or things like that. But it wasn't how it is here, you know, where there's a real downtown and uh, shopping areas and all these things. So in that regard, it was a bit of an adjustment, but, you know, I had been living in Monterey at that point for almost two years. I had lived in Phoenix, Arizona for one year. So I kind of had sp- experienced, you know, some bigger cities, so to speak. So it was, is a, I think the biggest shift was, oh my goodness, I, I can literally, you know, walk from my work. To go get something to eat and then meet up with friends after work and i never even have to get in my car and eventually i moved into downtown merced where i maybe start my car once a week like my walk to work was a quarter of a mile so you know it was it was pretty cool it's kind of in a different adjustment in that way uh, which i've enjoyed i actually rather like that
1: yeah oh well, well i'm glad that it was a uh... A little bit better right than than other places too and it's good that you went to phoenix so that way 100 degree day here is nothing <laughs> right i mean you experienced way yeah. worse climate over there i know how that goes <laughs> yeah
0: and i i'm, I'm a i'm a all-season weather guy so my family lives up north almost near the oregon border so i you know i enjoy the snow the heat and everything in between and i'm kind of I don't always appear to it, people, but I enjoy the outdoors and, you know, I do some different outdoor stuff between mountain biking and archery and all these things. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a really good place to live. It's given me a lot of special gifts in my life. That's for sure. Well, for an all weather
1: person, this is the perfect area since you got all those weathers, you know, wherever you go within like a few hour or two drive. So, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Close by for sure, so currently are you still in Merced, or like did you
0: did you move uh, elsewhere after that? I'm in Atwater now when I became a father, I purchased a home in Atwater and then unfortunately went through a divorce, but I stayed in atwater and in, in a nice nice community. It's pretty good, quiet, we all look out for each other, which is my favorite part is that you know people seem to especially after we were told don't go out and talk to anyone that kind of tightened up a little bit. So it's really nice to have a neighborhood where, you know, neighbors wave at each other and check in or let one another, hey, I'm going to be gone for a few days and we look out for each other. So yeah. So I still, I'm still in the 209 in Atwater.
1: I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Atwater Atwaters. I think, I mean, all, I've been there a few times and they have that small town vibe still to them, right? Even though there's a Walmart and Target that uh, strangely enough, they're like literally neighbors. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. that's the only like place I've ever seen that happen. It's, it's nice. I know people that are there too, and they say the same thing and hopefully stays that way. Cause we need more towns, remain towns and don't turn into cities. Cause then you lose that aspect, right? Once yeah, yeah. it's a full on city and people don't necessarily know each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's a good, good place to have a family. A good place to raise kids. I've I've been very blessed in that regard. So
1: let's talk a little bit more about the podcast that you started. I was going back through the feeds, figure out approximately when it is that you started it. I saw that you started during the pandemic as well. Just like I got into podcasting during that year. So and I mean a lot of people around the world <laughs> also probably got into it that year, but let's talk about knocking doors down. How did that come about? And, you know, if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about the podcast itself.
0: Sure, absolutely. It was kind of an interesting situation and in how I was making a joke there about the uh, being out and never having to buy a drink anymore. I'm in a uh, long-term recovery for alcoholism. And my friend Carlos Vieira, who people might know from the Carlos Vieira Foundation that uh, has some great programs here in the Valley, the uh, race for autism, race to be drug free and race to end the stigma. He reached out to me and said, hey, I might have something. You're always asking me about these pod because I was doing podcasts for fun. I think I've been doing podcasts now for a good easily a decade, if not longer. Oh, well. And then I would kind of some that would, you know, they go for a bit. And, you know, this was in pretty the, the early stages of of podcasting. And I had one that I won't talk about, but I had to abandon because of rights issues. Basically, it was about a band, a big, big rock band from the 80s. And they're very uh, stingy about their copyright. So they came in and just like, hey, don't do that anymore. Okay. Well, oh. So anyways, Carlos hit me up and. And he's in, in his classic fashion for anyone that knows him, he goes, Hey, I'm going to be working on something. I'll call you in a couple months. It's like 30 minutes later. Okay. So I'm going to put out my story. He struggled with a a cocaine addiction. And so he wanted to put out his story of how he got into that and how he got out uh, with all the proceeds benefiting the foundation that he started in his uh, sobriety. So, so he's like, how about you start one for me, and I'm like, "Okay, cool, like an extra thing and he and he goes, "No, no, no, this is gonna be a full time job. I want you to really go after this all right you know and podcasting wasn't then four years ago, five years ago, whatever it is now, what it is now, you know so many different tools, the evolution of social media, youtube uh, all of it, and <laughs> excuse me, and so he he gave me that opportunity and so we dove uh, right in and the the immediate goal was to speak with individuals who just have stories of resilience, triumph and transformation be it through mental health struggles, addiction recovery. Gosh, I mean we've had so many si- different adverse situations, it's just amazing people. I mean from the biggest celebrities, Charlie Sheen's been on the podcast twice to to an extraordinary lady that I keep w- in touch with, who was one of the victims at the Columbine shooting, and how she's managed life and parenthood and all these things. Uh, you know, I mean, we've had everything in between, from from you know, clinical experts to to just you know, everyday heroes that have really you know turned their life around and and wanting to get out those stories. And that's that's really how it started. It was. It was me being vocal about that I was in recovery and sharing that to hopefully help other people ask for help like i did and and the opportunity was presented to me. I'm a man of faith, so I believe that it was God's way of saying to me, "Okay, you've been through these trials and tribulations now, go help someone with it and so that's that that's how it happened.
1: sometimes it's difficult to explain it, right, but like I always tell people you always have to like talk about whatever it is that you're talking about, like in your situation too. And sometimes opportunities present themselves and sometimes you have to go out and it just happens, right? And and things uh, happen for a reason. I'm glad that the podcast was your way of being able to help others express their voice, right? Help others uh, be able to uh, also like say the things that you were saying, be able to share it with everyone around the world essentially right since again podcasting and just it's worldwide reach and all that but i'm glad that he gave you that opportunity and that yeah you know you're able to talk to all kinds of people and i mean more podcasters should be like that right where you're talking to high-end celebrities everyone in the world knows them down to the person who people might not really know as much they might not be popular but they also have something to share right they also have a story to contribute that is just as strong as that celebrity right they might not have that but it's got that strength to it too and i think the listeners also really appreciate that right people like to listen to well-known people but when they see that an everyday person can also be on there it just i think magnifies it so i'm glad you guys gave everyone that opportunity to
0: express themselves there oh thank you yeah and and you know, I appreciate all the celebrities that have been on and and shared their journey. You know, and they might do that on multiple outlets, but for some, it might be the only time they do. And I've had had some people. I can think of an individual who's become a friend, a local sheriff, who she went through a situation of of life of live fire situation where mm-hmm. she was hit and unfortunately had to t- t- to take down the assailant and the things that she went through and those emotions. And that of, you know, going through the trauma with her partner and, and everything else. And, and I, I think anytime we can rehumanize anyone of, of anywhere, of any situation, whatever it is, I mean, I've had the, you know, the spectrum of, of gender identities. I had Caitlin Jenner on, on early in the in the podcast. So, you know, be it that, sexual orientation, what at religious standpoints, whatever your spiritual standpoints are. So anything that, you know, can hopefully open someone's mind up, you know, because through me, through my addiction, I forgot how curious I was about the world. And, you know, I'm I'm approaching 50 and I still have that child in me that's incredibly curious about <laughs> everything, you know? I, I can't even remember what it was I was watching this this morning, and I'm like, my goodness, you know, seven years ago when I was really struggling, there's no way I would have been fascinated by this. And so it's really nice to have that opportunity, and and for people to reach out and say, hey, thank you, this this conversation really resonated with me, or passed it along to a loved one, and 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 they're getting some help, and they're being open and honest about the things that they've been through, and and want to improve their life. I mean. I don't think you can ask for a better gift.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And getting those messages, I think, is really meaningful, right? Whenever you get listeners telling you how the podcast they just listened to was really meaningful to them. I think it's it's what makes a big difference, right? It's what gets you up every morning, at least for me, right? Like when I'm recording, when I'm doing the editing, when you're doing everything else that entails, it's when you realize like, yeah, it was worth it. You know, I, I was able to actually make a difference. In someone's life by just hitting the record button, (laughs) hopping on the podcast and publishing something. I'm sure it's been all done. So I'm glad that uh, you're getting the same uh, feedback from the people that are listening to the show there as well. And I think the curiosity part, we always say, right, that doesn't matter how old anyone is too, like you should never lose that because there's always something new to learn. and. No one could claim that they know everything because there's just (laughs) a lot of things in this life, right? That I feel like you could always learn something new and never claim to say, I know everything. So another reason to get into podcasting and especially interviews too, right? I mean, you get to talk to different people, hear different perspectives, whatever it is that you might be speaking about. So it's good that you're able to fulfill that too, through the, the podcast. So
0: Absolutely. And I think it's a, and I love that you're doing this here in, in, you know, what is our local area that maybe reminds people that there is a lot of good people in this area and good opportunities. And, you know, I mean, a sense of community is one of the most important things we can have in life. And so it's cool that you're doing that too, and allowing that and Who knows, maybe some guy in New Zealand sitting there going, oh, I like this Luis fella. I think I'm going to come out and visit the 209, you know, or whatever it is. You never know. You never (laughs) know. And so it's just it's weird when you do what you do and I do what I do. We never know who it's going to land with or whatever it is, but we just are compelled for a good reason to do it, you know? And I think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to come to in life. And you're like yeah I just have to do it I just have to
1: yeah that's exactly how I feel and hey if there is that one person that's international and ends up coming here like hey send me a message like I'll get him lunch I'll show right. him a tour of the 209 like I'll be like hey thank you for <laughs> thank <laughs> exactly. you for coming I guess you know the the people did did their job and uh, making sure that you know we were a welcoming place for people but Yeah, that's one of the reasons why the show got started is for that reason. You know, Similar to in your case too, right? People tell their stories, get all that negativity out of the media because we know how the media can be right. They want to sell the latest news and it's got to be something bad. And of Mm. course, uh, we end up being the ones here that get affected by it when people start saying like, hey, when Modesto and Stockton were up there in the charts of like, cities that, you know, have higher uh, auto theft, right, which I don't really know that many people that are even in that situation. So I don't even know how they're doing their metrics, but right. uh, I don't know what's going on there too. So some up to people like us, right, to like get people to tell their story and be able to show the world like, hey, it's pretty good here. You know, it's I don't know what people are saying. I don't know what all these different news media outlets are saying about that city, about this town but there's good people there and they're saying great things about it so i see no reason why i shouldn't visit that place and go check him out if it's a business owner whatever it might be yeah they seem to be saying something good about it too so it might just be the media that's making it seem worser than it really is so and you know we're not getting guided by anyone too i'm like independent and i would always remain that way too and not let anyone Tell me what to do, right? Because we should be able to address episodes in the way that I want to address them, and not in whatever way. So,
0: yep, absolutely. That is, yeah,
1: that is a a big thing too. And and I always say, it's like as long as I have a voice, I'll I'll still be <laughs> I'll still be recording. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, all you need is just the voice. I could I could be blind and I'd still be able to record a podcast. So, uh, that's yep.
0: that's what I'm. So I'm hoping <laughs> to keep it <laughs> nah, going. do a yeah. great job. But yeah, I mean, and it, and you bring such a good point with the the regular media, so to speak. It divides us so much. It just divides people so much. I mean, they could put out a story that goes, Pikachu or or Pokemon fans and G.I. Joe fans hate each other because I've got a tattoo, Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe figure. Oh, okay. <laughs> insignia. That was my thing. I was a huge G.I. Joe fan as a kid. And You know, and then all of a sudden you and I are not supposed to like each other because, you know, you're into Pokemon and I'm into G.I. Joe and still like reading the comic books and I don't collect anymore because it's too expensive. But I mean, really? Like, you know, so it's it's again, these conversations of people from different perspectives, different walks of life. It's it's really important because if you get out and actually talk with people, you'll figure out you have a lot more in common with them than you don't when you're told that you told you shouldn't like this person because they voted this way or they think that way or whatever it is so yeah i think it's a wonderful thing
1: yeah i'm glad to mention that too yeah i know plenty of good people that may might not agree with my opinions with other things but at the end of the day you know that they are actually people that are really great they treat you right even though you might not agree again on other things and yeah, that's how it should always be. And we should be encouraging more people, just like we are now, right? <laughs> to yeah. like talk to people who you might feel like you don't agree with, because there are going to be things you will agree with. But I just think that when you disagree on things, it just tends to overshadow those things, right? Or people don't want to like really talk about anything else. If you just disagree at something, I think people just automatically assume, like, we're going to disagree on everything, which is <laughs> yeah. uh, not true. There's going to be something. Right?
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, I mean, in the mind just gravitates towards negativity so easy. It's a protection factor and we won't go into all that stuff, but it's just, tr- it's yeah. true. It's true. And, and it takes work to sit and focus on the positive and we need to do more of that because the more we do do it, the more it becomes our habit, our routine and way of being. So you know bring on the positive stuff i even today this morning was reading there's a a good website and it's a positive news only you know and i was moved by this kid that i guess his iq is in the range of einstein or something and he was finally learning how to make friends because he was so shy i'm like how cool is that like you know this cool little kid and he's got the you know the cute glasses on. i think he was 13 or something and he you know was talking about now that he's doing college classes that there's these you know 18 19 year olds that are being really nice to him and he's finally making friends i'm like how cool you know give me more of that
1: yeah, we need more than the newspapers too. Less of, like, about anything else. Too. What was that like? Was that literally just called like positive news only? Uh, I forget what, was... what it is.
0: I googled. I googled just positive news, and I forget the name of the site. I think it is positivenews.com dot com. If I remember correctly, it's something really simple like that. Yeah, was, yeah, just a lot of really good stories, you know. And I'm like, oh, and the writing's really good and thorough, and you know. So, eh. anyways. Didn't mean to hijack your show. <laughs> oh,
1: you're good. I'm glad that there's actually news outlets like that, right, that do write articles about that and, you know, podcasting, of course, you know, where we're doing our, our work and making sure that we could bring some positive light onto things, right, regardless of what might be going on. And just so people know that hey, there's there's good good things out there in the world that we need to reflect on. So. You mentioned that you've hosted multiple podcasts. So I got to go back to that because I'm really curious to know what other podcasts have you hosted and, you know, even if they're not active anymore too, but if, they're, if they are out there and you want people to check them out, Hey, just by all means, like mention their names as well.
0: Sure. I've been doing one with actually my best friend since I was three years old called, uh, it's a uh, planned solutions. He's a financial invest uh, investment firm owner. And yeah, gosh, that one, I think 11 years we've been doing it. So we do it bi-weekly and we just touch on things that are in the news concerning finances. And it's very nuts and bolts, you know, it's not opinionated. And and really there's a lot of regulations around, around it anyways that you can't. And it's not an advertising pitch or anything, but he just wants to get these informative things, you know, maybe talking about interest rates. What are we seeing? When are they going down? When are they going up? Why aren't they going down quicker? You know, so that's a, just a really cool thing to do and help, you know, this friend, gosh, we've been friends almost 43 years and so to be a part of something with him like that. So again, that's planned solutions. I do, of course, knocking doors down. And then another one for an organization called Pain, Parents and Addicts in Need in Fresno called Don't Hide the Scars. And all of our initiatives there are around, obviously, the fentanyl crisis, opioid crisis, addiction recovery, helping those that need help, families that have, you know, of the suffering addicts. Or unfortunately, we help a lot of families that have lost someone to addiction. And so, with that podcast, we actually will have everything from legislators in there to really try to have conversations on. Is there legislation that's changing that's going to help? Because you've seen it, I've seen it, we've seen it, everyone's seen it over the last three, four years. Our homeless population isn't getting smaller. And those that we're losing to addiction isn't getting any smaller either. It's at the rate of a 747 every day. Now, if we had a 747 go down every day, the country would be up in arms. But we're not about this issue. And so we try to bring light to that, that You know, our, our brothers, our sisters, our children, our, our, our loved ones, the neighbor down the street, we haven't even met yet. They're, they're being poisoned. This fentanyl is no joke. What addiction has become is no joke. And so, you know, we just talked to a variety of people there. I mean, we've had even celebrities on that too, that are in recovery and just really wanting to shed light on, on what you know, what addiction is, that there is help out there. I mean, I'm a I'm an example of it. My boss, the founder there, Flynn Anderson, who was an opioid addict for 24 years is an example of it, And that people can have a different and better life. And it doesn't have to be ruled by addiction. And our communities don't have to be ruled by it. So that's a real blessing. And then I p- produce another one called Hope to Hustle for a friend of mine who owns a couple of treatment centers. And so She talks with inspiring people, kind of similar to what I do with knocking doors down. And then I used to do one, I guess I can get away with it, but I used to do one about the band Motley Crue. That was the one that I can no longer do. So we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to go any further. (laughs) And then I did a couple other ones with friends that I think they still have going and I can't even recall. One of them is Rock News Weekly with that was done with a gentleman that, i worked with when i worked at radio merced and i'm trying to remember the name of the other one but it's i'm blanking on it and that was more of a comedic one and i think that has been taken down so wouldn't really matter anyways
1: well well i'm still like intrigued by why the the band shut it down too i'm like it was just a fan podcast and I feel like there's a fan podcast for like anything maybe at this point in life <laughs> like,
0: yeah yeah. I mean, I, I had a buddy of mine. He ran a thing called Cruzeum. It was just an Instagram account of all this merch that he accumulated over the years. And they shut him down and then recently opened up a thing, a digital museum called Cruzeum. So it happens. I, I've seen it in the entertainment industry multiple times where these things where somebody go, yeah, that's our, our IP, our intellectual property. And, and so it's just... It's like, whatever. I, yeah, you know, it was just all in good fun. And and, and I, to be honest, I kind of lost the heart to do it anyway. So it was like, eh, no big deal. It
1: was like perfect timing, right? A perfect reason. <laughs> perfect timing. Wow, well, I'm glad, you know, you've been able to do different podcasts and, you know, Don't Hide the Scars podcast, like shows like that, I think are really important for people, especially going through the situations that they're going through. and to be hosted by people in recovery, I think makes an even bigger impact versus maybe someone who might have not experienced that because Mm -hmm. it just shows them more hope, like you mentioned, right? Like that they there is someone out there like them that's now trying to help others. And, you know, I've noticed that in other other aspects too, right? You hear people getting out of jail and then trying to help others that are going through it. And, you know, we, we need more people to be in that situation and hopefully you know through the podcast you inspire others to also like follow lead and not saying like they'll start their own show as well even just in their local community right like going to you know local community centers and doing the same thing you know like talking to people and all that and and just helping others out is i think how we can help our our society as a whole is through just having more of those stories and people who've been there that have that motivation right to help others so agreed
0: agreed it's it's i think some people and i definitely was this person in life that i didn't see that i had a purpose or that i could be a help to anyone else and so i'm here to tell you you're wrong that somebody else probably put that way of thinking in your head because that's how they thought and somebody put that thought in their head Mm -mm. and so i just encourage you challenge yourself to change your thinking about yourself you know get out just help someone you never know what it is it's I mean, i mean it's as simple as you go to the store and you hold a door for someone and smile at them or tell them to have a nice a good day or whatever you know it's little things that you can do throughout life it doesn't have to be grandioso stuff you know
1: it's the little things that matter the most is always my motto right and People don't realize how much of an impact that can make on someone, right? They might be having a bad day. They might be going through something in life. And to have someone actually like be kind to them in that way and just as simple as you just said, just open the door for someone. Yeah. That could be difference in their day and could have help them have more of a positive outlook in life when you're just telling someone like, Hey, have a nice day, or you know, things little things like that is is what I always say, regardless of like whoever you're at if, if you can do that if you can let someone like move on beyond you when you're at the register right they might have a few things you just help them save time right maybe there was something else going on and they really needed to get going or you just help them not be either in line right maybe they have to go yeah. back to their family too and you know they're, they're over here having to waste time in line so yeah, hopefully, people listening, they just go out there, do something good every day, and you're gonna feel good about it, and you're gonna make someone's life. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that too. I'm glad we're we're giving all these great messages <laughs> for people and inspiring yes, people sir. to you know do great things in life and help others. I think that's that's what it's all about, and and that's that's what our podcasts. I think that's that's a shared theme in general for the shows, for this show and and that show, and a few other shows that I do as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, know, and we get that opportunity, you know, that we, everyone, every day does. I don't care what your situation is. Everyone, every day does.
1: Yeah. Every day that, yeah, there's always something that you have. If you go outside, I mean, unless I guess if you stay at home, but even if you stay at home, send a message to someone on social media, right? Check up on people, ask about their day, you know, catch up with that friend you haven't spoken to in like 15, 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just you know, have have conversations with people, and you know, make them feel like you are really interested in knowing more about their life and what they have going on, right? I mean, that's that's the reason why we're doing again all <laughs> these types of podcasts, right? right? Absolutely, helping people, you know, tell their stories and let let the story be known and and have them be heard as well. Well, I want to know a little bit more about your addiction recovery coach certification that you have. Hmm. Tell me more about how you got that. How do you go about getting that? And how has that been like for you?
0: Sure. So I got my uh, certification through a very reputable rehab organization, and they're kind of in the Malibu area called Startup Recovery. And one of the founders, Greg Champion, was a gentleman who through my recovery became went from an indirect mentor to a direct mentor or someone that was like, oh, and when I finally had a conversation, I got to get to know this guy more. And he really became almost like an additional sponsor when you hear about the sponsor in a recovery program. And he just had everything that I wanted. And I don't mean that in like his cars or his income. I mean, who he is as a man, his, his principles, both spiritually and just as a person. And so in getting to know more, he was always like, you know, he's like, you really get this and you, and you like to converse with people. I really think you should look into coaching people through. And I'm like, huh, what? Like, you mean like a Tony Robbins guy? And he's (laughs) like, no, not exactly. Although maybe there's some similar, you know, ideology that you might utilize, but, but he goes, I think you can help people and, and. You know, make make some income, of course. It's, you know, I do kind of if someone's really struggling and struggling financially, I don't, I don't charge them. But if if it's someone that, you know, has the means and I know a lot of people go, Oh, that's terrible. And I go, I've had guys that I've worked with that I go, they go, Wow, that's expensive. And I go, tell me how much you spent a month on drugs and alcohol. And they're like, two grand. And I'm like, I'm a fourth of that. I'm saving you fifteen hundred bucks. It's no big deal, (laughs) you know, and you have an amount of access to me and my resources. So, so anyway, so Greg encouraged me to uh, come down, go through their training. There was a lot of it that was online. And then we kind of did some in-person stuff too, actually a few days. So, so I got it through them so that it's through a reputable source. So when people ask that I have that you know, valid credentialing. And if you look up their reputation amongst the recovery community, it's, it's very, very, very high. And, uh, yeah, so it kind of led to that. And I've, I've never really overly advertised other than word of mouth. I just never felt compelled to in any other way because those people that have come to me, it's been for the right reason. And, and their success is just a wonderful gift to see. And and if I've helped people continue with their long to go from a life of early sobriety to long term, I don't work with people that are still struggling. That is above my pay grade in the sense that many people, especially with substances now, they need a, you know, they need to go through a detox program where there's a doctor and proper pro- protocols and procedures and all that. So, but. But I've definitely had quite a few people that are, you know, on day 31 of sobriety and coming out and really just kind of help supercharge their recovery and start to think a little bit different about themselves, their life, their place in the world. And and really put the, put the addiction in a proper context because a lot of us in early recovery, we look at all we are as an addict. No, 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 no. It's a part of your life up to this point. Where do we go from here? You've got so many wonderful things that are going to happen that you can't even imagine mm. if you keep working a lot of these principles, ideals, and really wanting to grow and connect with who you are. You know, I'm a believer that we're all spirit spiritual beings having a human experience. And if people kind of come on board with, hey, this is what worked for me or what I've seen with other people. And when they start to have an actual real Transformation of self. It's pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah. No, it it for sure is. And like you said, it's a rewarding thing to be able to see people change their lives for the good and overcome all these obstacles that are really challenging and and then feel really good about it, right? Because that's when they get that feeling that you're talking about of like like a brand new life as just you know presented it to themselves, and it's great and you know through your work as a coach through the podcast that you do as well i mean there's different avenues that you help contribute towards their lives and again i think it's really great that we have people like yourself that are out there helping others overcome all these challenges and you know not not end up where where you mentioned right you end up homeless and then you end up you know with everyone else and then it's just difficult place to be at and to get out of right so that's why we need people that can be out there and and help them get get out of that situation as well so
0: yeah well thank you i appreciate that very much and and like i try to remind people when they see someone that is out there that is homeless that is struggling and i know you know it's a hard thing to see and and it's scary to think that any of us could end up there and i remind them that they weren't always there you Mm. know They might've been a kid somewhere at some point and something went, went awry or whatever it is. So, you know, it's a, it's an area I try to, you know, be very compassionate because I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone that I've encountered that's transformed their life from being that homeless individual, that that's not really where they want to be. But if they're struggling with a mental illness or addiction and mental illness, you know, something else has taken over and. You know, so a little, little compassion at times, you know, so anyways.
1: Oh, yeah. I think everyone at some point, you know, would want to (laughs) be in a different situation and you have different uh, life goals and all that. And so it's getting them back on track, right? That is is all that makes the difference and that helps them have a different outlook in life, right? And and like I said, just all the people like you who like help them get back to that point, you know, we, we need more people. I think there's, there's never enough people that do what you do, right? We could have a million more people that do what you do to (laughs) help others out and, and all that. So if anyone wants to like follow in your footsteps, it's listening right now, like just go for it, get into the mental health space. I mean, they are in need of a lot of professionals in that aspect and i know a lot of colleges are trying to encourage more people to uh be a part of those programs and and be out there because like you said it is a it is something that we've been having to deal with for quite some time now and and so people are realizing that hey it's because we also need more people to help people mm-hmm. out and we don't have enough <laughs> right now yeah. so hopefully you know we get more people that are inspired out uh, to help others in in that aspect as well. Well, one last thing, and I want to know, and also for the listeners, if anyone listening right now is in the situation, or if they know someone, family member, friend that is in the situation, what resources would you recommend for people to check out to help, again, anyone dealing with
0: any issue in life? Oh yeah. Well, it 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 can vary depending on what if it's a mental health issue, and you know, there's it's a complicated answer to a simple question. You know, it depends on you know what kind of insurance do you have too to get that kind of help. But at the end of the day, ask for help. Don't be too prideful to ask for help. Don't worry about anything, you know, shame or whatever or, or cultural stuff. You know, I. One of my buddies, he came to me and you might be able to tell me this, you know, his family was, God, I want to say from Michoacan originally. So he's struggled with alcoholism. He's like, I can't say anything to my family. Like, I'm like, take the machismo <laughs> and throw it away, would you? Come on. Like, I, I think your family would rather you get than, than be at your funeral. So I'd just encourage anyone at, at any point, you know, just ask for help, seek for it. There is plenty of resources. I know it can be a bit daunting at certain points, but there are resources out there and available to you. And I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you from experience and having been a part of this, where I've had the most high-end treatment facilities where someone calls and they go, I'm sorry, we don't take your insurance, but we're going to get on helping you right now. And they will find somewhere to help you. And it's, so there's a lot of people out there that want to help. You just have to ask. That would be my main thing. And, you know, there's plenty of, you know, there's a suicide hotline. There's, you know, your, your local behavioral health centers that are, are ramping up even more. And those folks, even though they're inundated, they're really putting a lot of effort into that. So there are plenty of options out there for you and, and Hey. I'm going to tell you now that God and the 12-step program saved my life. So, you know, if you're someone that you already know that there's a higher power that loves you, well, you were one step ahead of me when I first went to my first meeting because I believed in something. I just didn't believe that God loved me or had a purpose for me. So so there's there's plenty of it out there. And if you're looking for that, you're struggling with alcohol, narcotics, whatever it is, AA.org, NA.org, all those things. Jump on, find something out there and, and get connected.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Definitely asking for help is sometimes the simple, most difficult thing for people, right? It seems really simple, but like you said, different factors. Your friend, uh, I know that situation <laughs> very well. It is <laughs> it it's really challenging. Familiar, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. It's not easy telling them that, but I always say if you do have a relative, a friend, if you're not in that situation and you see that happening, you got to figure out a way to help them out, right? And not just like take a blind eye to it and, you know, find the resources for them. They're not going to go out there and actively look for them and, you know, just don't be afraid to approach them and just tell them, of course, don't do it while in their case, you know, being intoxicated. That might not be the best time, but. But do it, you know, in whatever moment you find that they might be a little more calmer, right? They might be able to take things more seriously too. And you know, people could like Google. There's different ways in communication that you could approach people in a way that doesn't seem like you're directly blaming them, right? In a way where it's like, I've noticed this. I'm just here trying to help you, and and also make them realize, right? Like, hey, if we change this around you'll get this right give them that reward right of like this is how things are going to change when you change your life around but in a way that makes them feel like yes this is going to be a benefit to me right in life Mm so
0: i think the thing that i would like hope people would understand is that addiction in itself and or a mental health issue are not moral failures Now we might do some of the wrong things in our addiction or through our mental health struggles, uh, which I've struggled greatly with anxiety and depression, but them in themselves are not a moral failure. So don't have that judgment upon someone like, Hey, I had to be accountable for the things that I did in my addiction, but the addiction in itself was not the failure. And I think if people can understand that it's a lot easier to speak with someone who's struggling and help them.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Yeah, because people on the outside are also really responsible and should know how <laughs> how to properly talk to them and not mention that, making them feel bad about whatever it is that they're mentioning. Right? Because we want people to be more open about their mental health, and one way of you know doing that is making sure that the person who is on the opposite end listening is not judging and is not saying anything right that would make that person feel like. I shouldn't have even mentioned anything at all, right? Because once you're at that point, that person is not going to talk to anyone, and mm-hmm. it is we're just we just mentioned how difficult it is to actually get someone to actually openly express what they're going through. So, yeah. So make sure make sure people do that. So thanks for for mentioning that as well, and thank you also again just for being on the online journey. <laughs> it's been a really again great podcast episode here with you and it's nice to be able to have episodes like these too where we can actually help people out there and help people help others as well and and so thanks for bringing in a small version of your podcast on on the interview because it's nice to also be able to have episodes like this as well so
0: appreciate that oh no thank you and thank you for what you do and thank you for reaching out it's uh, a pleasure's all mine
1: once again, thank you to Jason for being on the podcast tonight. And again, the podcast that he referenced, if you would like to go check him out, I invite you to go do so. Knocking Doors Down podcast and also the Don't Hide the Scars podcast. So check him out, subscribe to them, give him the reviews, ratings, all the stuff that you do for the 209 journey as well to because they have a good cause going on there with those two podcasts. And if you know someone... Who you'd like to also share those podcasts with, please share them. Let's help them get more listeners here in the area as well that can really benefit from hearing all the stories that his guests have on both of those shows. So, upcoming is episode 48. And I did promise for this episode 47 that actually would be saying what my episode 50 would be and what episode 49 would also be. And the reason why. I am actually recording a lot more episodes and posting a few more than I usually do per week. And here we go. Episode 49, as y'all heard already in the past episode, if you haven't heard it yet, you can listen to it as well with my interview with Laura from Terra Coffee. I'm going to be interviewing my girlfriend, Alicia Valenzuela. She actually has a lot going on and she's done a lot in her life. And so that'll be episode 49. And I want to post that on Valentine's day. So that's why I've been posting a few more episodes than usual. And the way I have it all calculated, it's actually going to happen, which makes me really happy. And so that's the reason why. But like I said, I might actually maintain a twice a week posting for episodes if I'm able to continue to get more interviews scheduled out to where it makes sense to keep doing twice a week. If not, I'll go back to once a week or I may just do once a week, sometimes twice a week, other times. We'll see how I do that. But y'all know now why I've been doing a few episodes and posting a few episodes as of recently here. And episode 50 is actually going to be an interview done by my girlfriend, hence why she has episode 49. So y'all know who she is and then you'll already know her. But she'll be interviewing me for episode 50, so y'all will be able to learn more about who I am, which I know I've sometimes mentioned things about myself here, but not as much. So that episode, you'll get a better idea of who is Luis Urbano and why is it that he started this podcast that has been going on for a few years here now. So I don't have a day exactly of when I'll be posting that, but I will know for episode 49 when i'll get that posted or when that will be posted so uh tune in for episode 49 i'll be mentioning there uh, towards the end what the day will be but yeah so now you all know why uh, episode 50 is a special one for me and why it's something that i've been planning for a few months now so upcoming on episode 48 i'm gonna be interviewing a lady that is from murphy's california First guest that is from Murphy's and she actually is the director of operations for a vineyards company there. And her family has owned that vineyards for quite some time. So we'll be talking more about that and also more about what there is to do in Murphy's. Uh, For anyone who hasn't visited Murphy's, it is a really great town. So if you're ever going up to Big Trees, highly recommend that you go check them out. Or even if you're not going to Big Trees, but you're just in the area, go visit Murphy's. It's worth the drive. It's a nice little town and they have a lot of things going on different times of the year as well. So we'll be just talking more about all that in the upcoming episode, episode 48 or also season two, episode 14, I should say, since I know my episode numbers there are by the season now, but I think I got the episode 50 that (laughs) I got to start also referencing them by the season that you see there on your screen which episode 49 will be season two episode 15 and then episode 50 will be season two episode 16 so just to get a little clarification there on (laughs) on what those episode numbers will be on the application itself well thank you so much to everyone for listening to the episode tonight have a good morning or night whenever you might be listening to this and You'll hear me again in a few days here on the Twenty Nine Journey podcast.